buddy. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, Christian nationalism or nationalists themselves, they're coming for your schools. Everybody. They're coming for your kids. Oh, yeah. Scary. It's, uh, it's getting ugly out there, people. They are emboldened. The Christian nationalists, uh, they're kind of winning right now, and it's not good here no. in these United States. No. And they are definitely coming for your kids. Let's see, we got, boy, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Undo. It's going to be years, decades of work to undo there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This little moment. All right. Dan. Yes. There has been a uh, super spreader event, Dan. Uh oh, I, I know we at this point in the pandemic, we probably thought these stories were over. Right? Yeah, um, but nope, there was a uh, large spiritual revival in uh, <laughs> in Kentucky. Yeah, um, yeah, we heard, I, I heard about that. I saw yeah, that on, on the that, news uh, that uh, Kentucky health officials are warning people who attended this quote unquote spiritual revival uh, to uh, be on the lookout for any symptoms of measles. Oh shit, measles! <laughs> measles, oh, you guys. Yeah, because you know these um, these crazy <laughs> Christians. You know, there's a lot of anti-vaxxers yeah. in, in, in amongst them. Um, and, yeah, and, uh, and those are anti-vaxxers that go back all the way back to when anti-vax wasn't cool. Back in the days when they were like not vaccinating their children yeah. against diseases like measles. Yeah. So now there's like people in their 20s going to big spiritual revivals and uh, or older and they don't have their MMR vaccination amongst yeah. others. And uh, yeah, and, you know, measles, it's one that like, you know, we haven't had to worry about. Like, I don't even know, like, if I started having symptoms that I would be like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, I got the measles, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, but, it, uh, you know, there can be serious complications with measles. Yeah. Uh, people can get pneumonia and encephalitis. Holy crap. And uh, the CDC, that's the Centers for Disease Control, um, they are saying that there's roughly, uh, by their estimation, there's... <laughs> 250,000 kindergarten children who are now uh, vulnerable to getting measles oh my God. Um, because of the uh, steep drop off in vaccinations that uh, we're currently uh, experiencing in this country. It is un unimaginable to me that this is a thing. I, I We've been talking about anti-vaxxers probably since, you know, I mean, through, throughout the entire History of thank God I'm atheist. We have talked about anti-vaxxers, right? And uh, and I, and no matter how much I talk about it, no matter how much how many accounts of it of that mentality that I I uh, I read, I cannot, for the life of me, wrap my head around what these people think that they are achieving. There's a bunch of propaganda out there on on the web and whatever yeah, that says that it's bad and it'll get and it's like it's. I it's, got on a, in a Twitter fight just this morning yeah. with a guy who was like talk, talking about MMR vaccines like, you know, they they give everybody blood clots and I was like they 
they don't. They yeah. give, you know, one of the different kind. You know, the Johnson and Johnson one gave blood clots to like two out of every million people. Right. And that's bad. Yeah. But it's not as bad as the results of COVID. Right. Which was much worse. But yeah. you can't. But like once these people start to think that, you know, oh, there's a chance of one really bad out outcome. I mean, have you read what could happen if you take ibuprofen? Right. Yeah. It's it's they they've been living with these kind of risks and live with these kind of risks. And you walk out your front door and yeah. you live you you have one in one million risks or higher of um of uh, nonsense happening to you throughout your day. Yeah. Right. Car um, accident. A car way accident. More, way more common. Getting hit by the bus. I don't know how common that is, but it happens. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, the Kentucky Department for Public Health, in part of their uh, statement warning the public, uh, they said uh, anyone who attended the revival may have been exposed to measles. I should point out here, measles is wildly contagious. Right. It's it's insanely contagious. Yeah. It's not like for most people, it's not deadly. No. But no, it no, no. can be. It can be. And you give it to you give it to your grandma or you give it to a yeah. toddler or an infant. And guess what? They're at a lot more risk. Yeah. And why get something that you don't have to have? Yeah. Uh, anyway, they are they're saying attendees who are unvaccinated are encouraged to quarantine. And this is going to happen for 21 days. All all those responsible quarantiners in Kentucky. Yeah. Did you hear that number? 21 days. Holy shit. Right. Yeah. Um, And to, and this is also not going to happen, to seek immunization with the measles vaccine, which is safe and effective. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And they're not going to listen and they're not going to quarantine and they're going to be out there. Just spreading the fucking measles. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, They've also even said... If, even if you're vaccinated, probably yeah. don't go to Kentucky for a bit. <laughs> right, because the vaccine... This is something we know about vaccines, and you don't know if it was... You know, they're not 100% effective. Right. Right? It's about every, if everybody's vaccinated, then... Then you the can, people for whom it's not effective are, are, protected, are protected by everybody else. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, they, they continue. They warn that uh, anyone with symptoms, <laughs> they're, they're saying, do not show up to hospitals, clinics, or emergency rooms without oh, advance shit. notice. Oh, uh, right. Because healthcare pr- workers need to be prepared for your arrival. This goes oh, back to God. it being crazy contagious. Right. Yeah. Like the measles yeah. is insane. I've like what, you, what we don't need is measles spreading around hospitals. No, no, that's exactly the community that you need to keep away from uh, the measles. But uh, is anybody who's, you know, stuck in a hospital. But anyway, yeah, so that's going on. That's the nation that we live in now, Dan. Um, and, and, and Kentucky is also apparently, according to the CDC, has the lowest rate of vaccination period across the board. Um, so you're warning said, to not shocking exactly zero people. <laughs> you're warning to stay away from Kentucky. That's probably just good advice. Period. <laughs> across the board. <laughs> just it's a disease. I mean, it does mean place full of and like people that are not vaccinated. 
it it does mean that people are going to have to skip the uh, the arc encounter, which is sad because it's such. It's a not worth it. It's edifice, not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Stay away from Kentucky. Kentucky's <laughs> Kentucky's out. Go somewhere else. All right. Well, I am gonna I'm gonna take us to I don't know where Saddleback Church is. I mean, I think that there it's it's a mega church. There might be multiple ones. Uh, um, California somewhere. Is it's it's Rick okay. Warren's yeah. uh big giant mega oh whatever. yeah 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 they have been summarily dismissed oh kicked out Saddleback Church has from the Southern Baptist Convention what they are literally kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention the SBC which they have been a part of lo these many years. And uh, I, I would like you, Frank, to see if you can take a guess at, at the reason why this incredibly conservative bullshit Baptist church has been, uh, has been kicked out from the they're, SBC. They're too crazy. No, 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 no. Turns out that would be fine. <laughs> too crazy is Are, totally acceptable. Wait, wait. So they got less crazy on something? Are they goddamn woke is what they are. What? No. They have lady pastors. Oh, that's Oh, that's so woke. <laughs> I was like, what did they did they come out of like nowhere and get good with the gays? Like No, no, no. They still hate all the right people. <laughs> They're still hateful as ever. They're just not misogynist enough. They're they're just slightly less misogynistic than they should be, according (laughs) to the SBC. Wait, Southern Baptists don't allow lady preachers? Not the SBC. And I, everybody, I'm saying lady preachers and sort of. Yes. That we just. I'm I'm using their approach to it, of course. Yeah. Um, Um, yeah, so so yeah, um when Andy Wood replaced Rick Warren mm-hmm. as as the uh, as the head of of Saddleback, his wife Stacy Wood became a teaching pastor for the church. I'm I'm shocked. And uh I, I don't and, even... and I think they have a couple more uh women who are not being silent in the church the way the, the way the scripture uh, tells them that they should the way Paul so, so uh, was like, very clear in his epistles. <laughs> right. And so the Southern Baptists, they're just like, we don't know what's going on over there. Like these people I mean, are, can they, this is, can this they even claim to be Christian? <laughs> this is not who we are as a people. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so, so yes, that's when, amazing. When Rick Warren's shithole of a church yeah. uh, is too woke, you know something special's happened. This isn't the only. I also there was another SBC story about um, a guy who was sort of a whistleblower, a guy named Todd Ben Benkert, who was who was on the uh, who who like was really pushing for the SBC to take strides in fighting clergy abuse uh-huh. of of you know of kids and and uh and constituents what is, what do you call whatever you call the the people in their church anyway this guy has now left the task force 
that was trying to work on pastor abuse because they're not actually really doing it much. So working on the issue. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're not actually plenty. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're just, there's plenty of abuse, but they're not actually like, yeah, you know, okay. putting in the effort that they should. <laughs> oh, so Jesus. It's, it's, it's a good time over there at the SBC. Oh, Let's good. just say it that way. Good, good, good. They've got, they've got it figured out, Dan. They know oh, what yeah. they're up to. Oh, yeah. Long-term plan vision here. All right, Dan. I got a story about... <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Uh, Catholic University, Maramont University in uh, Arlington, Virginia. Oh. Okay. Sure. Um, they're, they're cutting some programs. Oh no, Dan. And this, this is, you know, they're just trying to be responsible. They have lack of interest in certain programs at their school. And, um, they're just, they're like, why are we paying this money to keep these, you know, programs and and departments up and running? Like it just doesn't make any sense. And so they are, they've announced that they're going to be phasing out over the next few years, departments ranging from economics and history, <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. philosophy, yeah. and uh, theology and religious studies. They're oh. get, getting the axe, Dan. Oh. Catholic school saying, nah, no more <laughs> theology program. We're done. I'm, I, I admit I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> the, uh, the other ones, I'm like, you know. Religious people getting rid of like, you know, the, the, the subjects that would make them make their students more aware of what's happening in the world. Right. That makes sense to me. I mean, when I think about it, yeah. What would make someone leave the church faster than actually studying religion? (laughs) It's almost, it's almost (laughs) now it makes, now that I think about it, that makes a lot of sense. Right. I just like that they're also recognizing that their student body has no interest in religion. (laughs) They're cutting it. Right. Oh, more Jesus. Really? Oh, fine. It is concerning to me though, that they're that incoming freshmen aren't declaring economics and philosophy and history though, as yeah, majors, right? Like, like people need, we, we need historians. We, we need, definitely need historians. We need we philosophers. Need, we need yeah. economists, right? And uh, I mean, economics is really weird to me because that is applicable. Like you can go out and get a job, right? So I don't know what that's all about. But it, yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you go it's, work at a bank, right? I guess. I mean, that's what I would assume. That's what I've heard of economics. I don't know. Is economics, economics really like, all that liberal arts? Because that's what they're saying. They're cutting their liberal arts right. uh, programs. Yeah, because um, economics is it, like it's it's kind of the uh, the flip side of the business school coin. Mm. It's like the the uh, the theoretical side of it. It's the woo. Where, where, it's the you know, wooey side. It's the it's the, almost the, the wooey side of business. <laughs> and uh, there's yeah, I I feel like it's 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 all theory and no practice, and, mm. and, and people want. You know, people who are interested in business go into business, the business they, side. Of they don't want to know about economics and whatnot. Well, anyway, um, a concerned group, a growing group of concerned um, alumni have uh, have set up an online petition 
Um, they're very concerned. Uh, they they say that these the elimination of these programs will harm uh, Marymount's mission. Uh, without these traditional majors, many of which are part of and the foundation of a university. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Marymount uh, Marymount's uh, decision not only goes against its very mission, but also devalues the impact that these programs have had on shaping and guiding the careers of their alumni. And that is like, now I I don't know if they're getting rid of like electives in these Mm. sort of fields um, of study, but if they get rid of the whole department, they're not going to people to really go away. Right. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I think about like how annoying some taking some electives was in, in college. Right. Oh God. Oh, I don't have to go take this, you know, anthropology class or whatever. But then at the same time, like, like looking back, like I learned stuff, right? I like, loved those classes. And, and the, it, 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 it expanded my education. It gave me a broader worldview. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's a little scary for, I mean, I get that universities need to evolve, right. And keep up with like, what's going on in the world and 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 they they should be probably a little more straightforward with students who are getting majors that don't have a lot of applicability in the world right (laughs) as far as like going and getting a job right Right. immediately i think they should be more clear about that stuff but that's kind of scary stuff though if if universities get too narrow in their yeah offerings right when you said that the uh, that the alumni were were writing letters, it like it's basically the letter is just, would you please continue to be a university? Yeah, we would we would appreciate uh-huh. it if our alma mater remained a university, right? Instead of like an engineering training school, a or, trade school, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> All right, well there you go. Not that I have anything against trade schools. No, but trade schools are uh, there's are a important. there's a reason to have yeah. universities. Too. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I am going to lead into the story that I know that you've got coming up. Okay. Uh, And the way that I'm going to lead into it is uh, with a story about the San Diego Catholic Diocese. Now, you and I have said it is is the official uh, position of, thank God I'm atheist, that if you have a diocese, you have a child sex abuse problem. Uh, It is just a thing... That seems to be part and parcel. One follows the other. Yeah. Yeah. And the the San Diego Diocese is no exception. Mm. Um, As a matter of fact, right now, they are in the process of trying to declare bankruptcy because they are facing, as Cardinal Robert McElroy puts it, staggering legal costs uh, in dealing with literally hundreds of lawsuits. Uh, alleging priests and others sexually abused children. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe they should have done something about that. <laughs> You'd think. Well, in fairness, Frank, traditionally no one did anything uh, about it. Like <laughs> like for well, centuries they just, got away with it. It was. Seen it's only as a changing benefit, now. It feels right? unfair to the church that that they would change the rules and suddenly hold people accountable. Um, But this church also, there's another allegation against uh, this diocese that has just come out. Uh, A lawsuit has been filed 
uh, on behalf of more than 100 plaintiffs alleging that this diocese transferred at least 291 parcels of real estate uh, with a total value of more than $450 million. Oh, wow. To different shell corporations in order to hide these assets from the sex abuse victims. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just do right by these people. You didn't protect them. You like, like an organization that, that like preaches, um, a lot about probably, you know, repentance and whatnot. Well, and taking care of the, of the victims. Yeah. But they need to be held. They, they, they would hold anybody, any of their parishioners accountable for whatever. Yeah. Like, like it's, I, I mean, I suppose they want the equivalent of whatever, like, uh, the church saying a bunch of Hail Marys and uh, our fathers <laughs> right. would be for, for this, right. right? Like, oh, we'll go pray for a while about this. Right. We'll do a few rosaries. Yeah. That oh, we literally, I think that's we the problem bad. is that their version of accountability is nothing like actual accountability. Like real accountability. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, maybe they just don't know that that's the real accountability. They, they, they're outraged that real, uh, accountability should apply to them. Right. But the fact of the matter is like, I, yeah, I'm with you though. I expect this kind of behavior from, you know, Enron, some corporation that's trying to like hide all their assets. I expect, uh, uh, Alex Jones to be trying to do this, which he is. (laughs) I do. It seems especially egregious for a church that pretends to follow Jesus to be pulling these kinds of shenanigans. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think I'm going to transition to my next story. If that's a good spot, Um, because I didn't know exactly what you were getting at, what the (laughs) the connection would be. But um, the, the whole idea of cloning organizations, cloning companies in order to hide assets That's key to my next story, uh, which has to do with something that we mentioned a week or two ago about the SEC. Uh, That's the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, They have, you know, purview over, you know, that whole investment worldy thing over there that, you know. I'm so I'm so involved in. Yeah, we I know so much you and about. I, we're we're big time investors. <laughs> my so. my vast portfolio, um, <laughs> that um, you know rivals some of the best. But oh, sure. um, or it's right up there, I guess you could say. But boy, howdy, the LDS churches blows mine out of the water. Um, yeah. We've talked about it before. This is the uh, hundred billion dollar fund that we've referenced uh, for years now i think yeah uh since the first story first broke mormon leaks leaked it back in the day right yeah and the sec has been investigating and um has come to a settlement with the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints uh and their mormons (laughs) and their investment firm enzyme peak advisors which specifically took surplus like tithe money, right? And invested it. 
and uh, they they got going back in the mid '90s, and by 2001, the good folks over at Enzyme Peak Advisors they realized that uh, they were sitting on a sum of money that might be embarrassing to the church. <laughs> Considering got, that they're if, a church that like tells their poorest members mm-hmm. to tithe regardless. Yeah. yeah. I can see why that might be a little bit of an embarrassment. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, they, they suggested to the, the, the top brass at the church uh, and this had to go all the way to the top. This is an important detail that it was the first presidency of the church that signed off on all of these uh, actions that we're going to go through here real quick. Um, so they set up a shell company to hide these assets from public view. They set it up in California and um, they, after the, 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 the fund continued to grow, there was, it, it, it got to an even more embarrassing number at some point in the following years. And uh, they realized that maybe they hadn't done good enough of a job of concealing uh, ownership, like who actually owned the church because they were having like just church employees that would be sort of publicly searchable. They'd be known that this person worked for the church uh-huh. sign the, all the documents as being like the manager, <laughs> the fund manager. Right. Right. And so okay. they were, yeah, that they might were like, be traceable <laughs> they, if so, they're yeah. not careful. And so they, um, they set up a new shell company this time in Delaware. I want to say Wilmington, Delaware. So that was in 2005. And uh, again, it continued to grow. And by 2011, they decided they needed a second LLC uh, to um, to conceal all the money because oh sure it, it was it was getting so big that they just figured somebody's <laughs> going to like want to know who actually owns all this right right let alone the SEC right which <laughs> yeah. and here's here's how the SEC got them apparently once a fund gets over a hundred million dollars uh, they have to start filing a, a specific form called like the F uh, no the thirteen F Form 13F, it's just a disclosure. Right. It's just, that's all it is, right? You just have to admit that you have that much money and let let them snoop around a little bit. Yeah, sure. Right. But like, no, they didn't, they they knew, they knew that this was a horrible amount of money, right? This is starting, they're making, they they are embarrassed by the sum, right? It's Bond villain sums of money (laughs) at that point. So then in 2015, um, they, um, someone apparently began connecting the dots and, uh, they, they sort of saw, they, they, they were figuring out that all of these holdings and these LLCs and whatnot actually were, were getting traced back to Enzyme Peak. And so, um, the senior church leaders approved a plan to gradually and carefully adapt Enzyme Peak's corporate structure to strengthen the portfolio's confidentiality. Um, So they formed six additional clone LLCs and all throughout all of this. And here are the shady practices that I saw aside from the not following the rules part. um, They had business managers over the accounts 
who were given insufficient information for them to be able to warrant what they were providing was quote true and complete as certified on on the forms, right? Just sign a paper. You don't need to know. Yeah. And so when Enzyme Peak obtained the signatures of business managers over the LLCs, it gave them only signature pages and not the complete documents. So they, these were just apparently just trusted random people who worked in the church (laughs) office building, um, who, Hey Jim, come here for a second. You mind signing a thing for me? Don't ask about what it is. And they signed it. (laughs) Like who does that? But you know, whatever, this must be happening. It's it's the God, it's the, it's the God of the Bible asking you to do something. And well, the, Jim or whoever was probably just like, wait, um, so what? I own a ranch now? No, no, no. Just don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Oh, it's an orchard in Florida. No, no, don't ask. Don't ask questions. Um, and then the, uh, let's see. Oh, the forms also misstated that they were signed at the LLC's stated addresses, which were scattered across the country, right? Oh. When all the business managers were located in Salt Lake City. Of course. So, um So the fine, let's get to that. It's, um, this is the settlement. The church itself is on the hook for $1 million and (laughs) Enzyme Peak is, uh, facing $4 million or has agreed to pay $4 million in penalties, um, for failing to properly disclose the holdings, accusing them of going to great lengths to deliberately obscure investments from the public and federal authorities. Now, $5 million, if you look at it, that is 0.01% of the holdings. <laughs> That's one ten thousandth of, of the, the, the fund yeah. is, is, is a fine. So do, do you hear that sound? That is the sound of a drop in a bucket. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You have $10,000, Dan. Does it hurt if somebody comes and, and finds a you a, a dollar? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd be okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to be more than fine. You it's already a rounding made... error for them. <laughs> I, you've already made more interest yeah. in the meantime. Um, yeah, so all that happened. The church uh, is trying to spin it that like, oh, well, we've been cooperating and blah, blah, blah. This was just some paperwork, right? Yeah. We've um, been cooperating as opposed to continuing to obstruct justice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's... <laughs> It's pretty choice. It's I, I delight in it, Dan. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I wish that the sum could possibly be higher, but that's just also fines for this kind of stuff, right? Like the, the, the bad corporate actors and whatnot are never fined enough in this country to actually make people not do this kind of stuff. No, because that's considered naughty. Yeah. It's not considered bad. Just like, Oh, you nuts. You yeah. well, you can't do that anymore. Let me come and sl- get your wrist slapped. Yeah. Did you see any reaction online about this? Yeah. Story? I mean, here's what I saw. It's funny because my uh my my online like, you know, like my social media is split kind of evenly between the atheist/ex-Mormon slash world mm. and the uh believer/apologetic slash world. <laughs> So <laughs> okay. the reactions that I got were either fuck you church ah! or 
this was actually not a big deal, and uh, there's a lot of reasons why this could happen, and the church was doing exactly nothing wrong at all. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. That was basically no, the... that was basically the sum total of the reaction that I saw. <laughs> I saw uh, something on um, the Tribune. I guess it was they took it from a podcast, one of their mm. religion podcasts that they do. This is the Salt Lake Tribune. The Salt Lake here. Tribune, yeah. yeah. Um, and they had this guy on who I guess is a popular blogger. He's a law professor at Loyola, Mm. um, in uh, Chicago, Loyola, Loyola university. And they were just talking about sort of, you know, tithing and, and whatnot in one part of it. And they were talking about whether or not like, like how the average Mormon is reacting to sort of this news Mm. and like, like apparently a lot of people are like, I'm not paying tithing. I'm done. They have all that money. They don't need my 10%. Good. Which I think is a great reaction. Yeah. Um, and of course there are plenty of people who are like, Oh, it's just, a, it's, it's a spiritual test. You know, right. you're just supposed to pay your tithing. And it's like, well, you know, you're dumb. But yeah, I love the idea of people kind of just waking up and being like, yeah, no, they've got tons of money. I mean, you know, it's kind of this, I see a lot of this prosperity gospel thought Mm. too of like, the more money the church has, the truer it probably is. (laughs) Like God has obviously blessed them with like a hundred billion times, a hundred billion blessings. So so. Jeff Bezos must be like the most spiritual man in the world. But that's a lot of, a lot of America thinks like that. Yeah, like prosperity sick. gospel says that specifically. Yeah. Like if you're wealthy, you must be godly somehow. Ugh, so uh, gross. Good thing there's nothing in the Bible that refutes that literally directly. Like nothing <laughs> that Jesus himself said that is literally a denunciation of that exact uh, concept. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that would be weird. Yeah, All right. right. Well, I'm going to close this out with a, a quick, a very strange, but positive question mark story i'm still wrapping my head around this one okay all right frank when i say lutheran church missouri synod oh what do you think i think really conservative yeah um i think uh gay haters yeah and that's probably about all that comes to mind yeah so when i tell you that the president of the lcms mm-hmm has recently come out, and this is this is Matthew Harrison. He's the president of the LCMS. He said, uh, he was talking about how there's a whole bunch of LCMS members mm-hmm. who are unshockingly to you and me, alt-right Christian nationalists. This seems right. part and parcel to me. Right. In my mind... That seems like exactly where the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod wants the world to go. Right. Um, he called it evil. Really? And has proposed excommunicating white nationalists. What? I so just, he, he wants to be a congregation of one? I Right? <laughs> He said this is, he was talking about, he, uh, you know, people on Twitter and social media prop, who are like propagating pretty radical stuff. But, you know, it feels like that's kind of 
the direction that conservative Christianity is going right now in yeah. this country. But he said, literally, he said, quote, this is evil. We condemn it in the name of Christ. I mean, he's, good for he was him. Ta- he was talking about, quote, horrible and racist teachings of the so-called alt-right and talking about uh, ideologies like, quote, white supremacy, Nazism, pro-slavery, anti-interracial marriage, women as property, fascism, death for homosexuals, even genocide. Wow. And he's condemning this. Good. F- we should not be... I should not be having this reaction of like, wow, good for him. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. Yeah. It would be more meaningful <laughs> if this was like, yeah, obviously. But this right. is shocking. <laughs> I am shocked. I mean, to be fair, I, really all I know about Missouri Synod is that they traditionally are extremely homophobic. Yeah. Right. That, that's like literally the only thing I know about them. So I, I, sh- I don't know like what the com- broader community sort of what that, what it feels like to be a member of Missouri Synod. Right. I don't either. And so I barely like, know anything about them. <laughs> I don't know if our shock and horror should be so surprising, but, um, but the fact that any sort of conservative Christian yeah. uh, group in these United States at this moment in history is actually has this person as their head yeah as their leader that's uh, the surprising thing is yeah. surprising like, and and you can rest assured that at very least calling for the death of gay people yeah is a bridge too far for this guy yeah hey you know what like that's that's something that's something <laughs> that's something that's, um yeah. look so, to hear about him being kicked out anytime yeah. now now he's he's calling for their excommunication. Is that what you said? He's saying, uh, well, okay. What he said was, "quote Where the call to repentance is not heeded, ah. there must be excommunication." Wow. Okay. So he's he's not he's not messing around. He's not saying we should probably not do that. Whatever. <laughs> he's saying this is evil. Yeah. And you and everyone who spouts this kind of nonsense needs to repent. And if they don't repent, they're kicked out. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they'll follow through on that. Yeah. Or that the people who are kicked out, that they're even going to care that much. They're like, oh, fuck you. Right. They'll the just world go that we live in the, now. Yeah. They'll find the SBC, the Southern Baptists, will will welcome them with open arms. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, wow. That, I thought that that was, a, that was an upbeat thing. Now, if any of our listeners know more about the Missouri Synod than you and I do, Frank, they can mm-hmm. write into us and let us know. The, the place to write is podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. Tell us about it. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Well, Frank. Yes. We've had Steve Schultz play. We've played him on the on the mm. show before. This is the guy that. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the, this the, this name, Steve Schultz. He's he he just does a web based show called oh what's it called Elijah Cast or something like that. I don't know. Oh, he I recognize. He constantly this face. has self proclaimed uh, 
prophets and and various you, you know your various prophets your various uh Great. seers and revelators on um <laughs> right and he he has a guy named Nathan French I don't know who that is uh on the show and he, here's the thing when you hear people like this tell stories we know that they're lying they <laughs> they this is this is, okay. So anyway, we'll just hear we'll just hear Nathan French tell a fun lie. Okay. What kind of uh, miracles are you seeing these days? Uh, did you literally say you've seen someone come back to life? Have you seen that? On the way down, we were in this nice um, suburban that we had. Uh, you know, we, it was a rental suburban. We're just cruising, and and I just saw all of a sudden I saw somebody die, and I thought, oh, that's sad. And then in the spirit, I saw that person who died come back to life. And then I just shouted out of my mouth to everybody in the suburban, about eight of us. And I said, uh, the Lord's going to raise the dead while we're down here. And then I get somebody yells and says, Nathan, you got to come. This person died behind the tent. And the so-and-so is over there praying. So two people from the team we were with there uh, went back over, commanded the spirit to go back in this person's body. And this this guy had drug, died from a drug overdose, was laying lifeless on the cement with his wife frantically uh, cry, scream crying. And uh, they just did what they were instructed. They command the spirit to go back in the man. And he came back to life after two, three minutes of being dead. And uh, wow. everybody's jumping. And, and I don't even think Mario knew about it. Wow. Um, yeah, but but I mean, he probably found out because a lot of people were talking. <laughs> a lot of people were talking when about it afterwards. How, how long ago was this? I don't know. It was like I guess it was it was back in uh, maybe it was a year ago. That one. okay? Wow! 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 Yeah. Wow! So, pretty amazing. <laughs> that, Frank, that is pretty amazing. What do you say? That is pretty pretty amazing. <laughs> and so, like, who believes? Like, like, <laughs> who believes that guy? telling that story right because it's so obviously lying yeah right? the, i mean so when did this happen oh i don't know i don't know yeah, yeah like probably, a year like, ago we'll, we'll call it you a didn't year. write down this happened on january 25th of last year right like you at 6 45 in the afternoon you know in the evening right like you would know it to the minute if yeah. you saw if you raised somebody from the dead also like he's claiming that a person was raised from the dead and then he's like yeah, I don't know if what's his name knew about it. Uh, I'm pretty sure he probably heard about it. Folks were talking about it. Here's the a, a thing: Pe- people were pretty cool. Thought it was pretty cool. I mean, what he also described was um, quite possibly somebody who'd had naloxone, you know, <laughs> right. administered to them for an overdose. Right. Well, that's if you think that any part of this story actually Which happened I don't. at all. No, of course not. But like he just desc- <laughs> he describes. You know, somebody dead from a drug overdose or whatnot. Yeah, pe- people basically do come back from the dead. Yeah. And it's called, you know, being uh, delivered medication yeah. for an overdose. That's <laughs> what's funny is that uh, what's really weird is that so many people, you know, these these pastors, these prophets, these whatever so many of them have stories like this where mm-hmm. someone was delivered was, was brought back from the dead and yet when you ask them specifics about it suddenly it gets hazy yeah which is a little weird yeah like are there medical records of this well yeah but on the medical records it says that they were delivered medications that saved their lives <laughs> 
So we can't really use those yeah. for faith promotion. Anyway, Bob was there, but I don't know. He may not remember it. <laughs> He's just, you know, there was a lot going on that weekend. Uh, <laughs> there was a really cool band that played, so it's easy to forget stuff. Uh, funny. All right. Well, we had some folks write into us. Uh, this is from Andrea, who says, Hi, Frank and Dan. Your piece about parents approving of their kids' religious choice uh, on the February 14th episode struck a chord with me. Oh. My husband and I are all about rational thought, and my daughter was a confirmed atheist until she went to college. Oh. Imagine my horror when she fell in with a group of evangelicals. <laughs> no, no. That would be terrifying. She told them she wasn't going to adopt their religion, but went along to, to their church social events where they started slowly indoctrinating her. This is the start oh. of a horror film. Yeah. At spring break, she, can, she came home on the verge of joining the church. My husband jokes that we weren't worried about her getting into drugs and sex at college, but were alarmed when it looked like she was going to join religion. Uh, when enough. I expressed my misgivings about how religious she was getting, she launched into a speech about not judging everyone by the very negative experiences I, I had with evangelicals when I was at college. It didn't feel too nice to be lectured at, but she had a point. In the end, she pulled back from the brink, so I didn't have a test of the parental pledge of unconditional love and acceptance that I made to her. But it did make me examine my own mindset. Yeah. It's easy to say one is open-minded and liberal until you, until someone you care about goes against one of your own deeply held prejudices. The first step in combating those prejudices is being aware of what they are. I keep on trying and learning. Hmm. Yeah, I man, if I had wow. kids and they started to go down that road, I would be pretty worried. Uh, but then we do have to yeah. remind ourselves that like good people are religious all the time. Yeah. Like and are fine and are kind and are are, are okay. But you when you use the broader term religious, it's like, oh, okay, because you can also like maybe they're you know, Anglican or something that's <laughs> gentle yeah. and not not okay. not so threatening as, you know, evangelical. Like, yeah. I think people have a right to be like, oh, I don't want my kid becoming evangelical. Just like you Especially, wouldn't want them to become Jehovah's Witness or Mormon, right? Like, right. Like there are there are there are worse groups than others out there. Yeah. For yeah. various different reasons. Damn and right. And so, yeah, that's concerning. That's oh, I'm thank God your kid, Andrea, <laughs> yeah. didn't uh, go down that didn't path. Didn't go down that path. Yeah. Oh, man. Dipped her toes in the pool, though, in the, in the yeah. baptismal font. <laughs> All right. Uh, and friend of the show, Philida, wrote in to say, uh, hey, usual suspects and Kate. Kate was very pleased that you included her. Aw. My 75th birthday was the first Friday of this month. Happy birthday, Philida. Happy birthday. So I reviewed my Patre Patreon subscriptions and found that, thank God I'm atheist, had changed its tithe. I've felt a bit of, a, of weakness in my magic, now, and now I know why. So I upgraded from a patriarch to a prophet, seer, and revelator. Oh, Ooh. wow. That is a, you know what? That's a strong upgrade for your magic. For your all, all your fake magic is 
powerful now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and you get to start your own religion. So Philida goes on yeah. to say, since the cool spaghetti monster name was already taken, I thought of the church of the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful wheelchair. <laughs> I would ask you to be members, but you must perform the sacrament of running through a pile of dog shit and shouting the name of that other god, then cleaning crap off of the wheels, the push rims, and your hands. Oh. I've done it, and it is not something that I wish on anyone. <laughs> yeah, people. Well, that's a very specific sacrament. And think of think of the wheelchair bound when you are considering not cleaning up after your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Will you, will you please think of poor like, Philida? If it's not enough that it's disgusting to leave your dog's poop everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Think think of the think, wheelchair. Think of, That's thank you, by the way, so much, Philida, for uh for upgrading your uh your your donation. We also have some other yeah. people to thank. Uh, we do. I'm gonna start us off. Oh, Right. Uh, Samaya has has given us a one-time donation. She is now, I'm going to say, a uh, teacher. Nice. Uh, gets gets all the uh, all the magic involved in that. And uh, Meredith, who sent us a lovely uh, email, also is now a also a teacher. Nice. Uh, in in our priesthood. So a couple of a couple of priest priesthood bestowals there. Yeah. What do you wonderful. got for us? Uh, well, we have uh, over on Patreon, uh, we have a new deacon by the name of Christopher. Um, so thank you. Wonderful. Thank um, you. And uh, Marjorie is a new teacher. So wow. all y'all, you just got the power held by 12 and 14 year old boys. Yeah. Um, in, in the Mormon the, church. In the Mormon church. But ours is better because it can go to women folk and it can go and and... <laughs> It has just as much uh, ef- efficacy as, <laughs> the other, as any other priesthood on the planet. It does indeed, Dan. And, uh, of course, if you'd like to join them, um, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab. There's some options there. Yeah. Um, and as always, Dan, we have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Austin! Woohoo! Stick around. There's a little more show coming up. Well, Frank. Dan. uh, I decided to take two of the stories that I was considering talking about in the early part of the show. Okay. And turn them into our discussion here at the end. Okay. Uh, And those stories both, uh, I found them both from from our friend uh, Hammond Mehta. One is a bill that has passed the Arizona House okay. uh, that is basically a bill that forces kids to to do the creepy American thing of the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, God. Uh, as okay. it stands right now, there is much uh, precedent in, uh, in, le- in our legal system saying that, no, you can't force someone to pledge their allegiance, even if it's to our great country. To, uh, our, to a flag. To a flag. Right. And to the republic for which it stands. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, it, you, it, it is a weird thing that is done here in the United States. Uh, it should just be got rid of. Mm-hmm. It, it's a relic of uh, 
of the, the, the communism scares and all this stuff. Anyway, it's bullshit. It's, it's stupid. It shouldn't exist. Uh, and there is, there are myriad reasons to oppose it. Uh, not least of which being that it forces any kid who's doing it to say that our nation is under God. Yeah. Um, well, I think but it also, but also like, you know what? There are plenty of people who have good reasons not to pledge allegiance to a country that does not feel like it uh, empowers or uh, th- or that does feel like it disempowers them. Right. There are also people who have religious objections. Yeah. Right. Um, which I would love to know how they are. Are they just like, well, fuck the J-dubs. Right. Is that exactly. kind of their attitude? Jehovah's like- Witnesses don't count as real Christians, so we don't have to do <laughs> what they say. Right. We don't have to worry about them. The other story that I wanted to talk about, uh, it comes to us from your your former stomping grounds, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, where a uh, the the state board of education um, has a guy named Ryan Walters, who is who is the superintendent of public instruction there, has decided to start a uh, a a blue ribbon committee mm. to look into. Faith and prayer in schools. Oh, good. Uh, this this good. comes after he received a a letter from some religious leaders, just some pastors and and very and presidents of various weird uh, foundations and groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's signed by six guys. Oh, good. good. That just yeah. says, "Hey, uh, we should have prayer in schools. <laughs> God." More God in school. <sighs> now, God. there's lots yeah. and lots of precedent for that also. Uh, we know, like, this has been tried and tried again. And so, like, there's there's deep precedent about, about wh- how this works. And guess what? There's prayer in schools <laughs> here in the United States of America. It's totally legal. What's not legal is for teachers to mandate it or right. for administrators to mandate it or for anyone to do it or for the school to do it as a sort of thing that everyone has to participate in. Right. If a kid wants to pray, fucking pray. He gets to pray. She gets to pray. Yeah. I used to pray all the time in school. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You, to to pass tests or what Passing what were your prayers? Passing tests um Yeah. Yeah, please, so please. Whenever I was a little stressed out, Aww. you know, yeah. that's cute. When my tummy wasn't prayed. feeling good, I pray yeah. feel better. Oh, please, Heavenly Father. I don't think it ever occurred to me to pray. Really? Oh, I was a praying fool. <laughs> See? Literally. Yeah. And no one stopped you. <laughs> I wasn't like walking down the halls with my arms outstretched, <laughs> you know. Dare Jesus! <laughs> Help me! In the middle of class. Right. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. No, said but, little little quiet prayers to myself. Yeah. I knew I was praying, yeah. right? And that's perfectly legal. And that is legal. Uh, but and here's the thing: you and I have talked about both of these issues on the show uh-huh. before. Yeah, uh, yeah. But here's but we've been doing this show for eleven plus years. Before when we used to talk about this, it was because it was funny. It was because somebody's trying it again and it's just, you know, 
They're going to go through the legal thing. It's going to cost the taxpayers a bunch of money. Right. But then when it gets to the court system, it's just going to be squashed. Right. Because it's decided law. Right. But the thing is that now we've got this new Supreme Court where nothing <sighs> is decided law anymore. I know. It's really fucking scary. And you know, you know a case is going to make its way up to them and they're going to be like, yeah, pray in school. It's great. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like their their wildest dreams of of thrusting this country back into the 1950s um, will be will be one step closer. Yeah. And and make no mistake. I mean, I know this is we make this point. This is the obvious point, but they are not talking about five prayers a day to Allah. (laughs) They are not talking about, you know, a Jewish prayer on Shabbat. They are specifically taught. They would not be okay with that. They would not be okay with a school in Dearborn, Michigan, which has a very high Muslim population, having school Muslim prayer to Allah. They would would absolutely not be okay with that. But the problem is... They're going to get what they what they wished for. And I, I don't know. Does the Supreme Court come out and say they're not going to come out and say it has to be Christian prayer? No. Right? And yet, they're going to say prayer. And then now all of a sudden now in Dearborn, it's happening and they're just going to have to be OK with it. I don't think they are going to be OK with it. And I think that the, the, the problem is that hypocrisy has been OK recently. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they. They are they are called out as blatant hypocrites, and they just shrug. Yeah, yeah. Guess we are. Guess so. <laughs> this is a Christian nation. I mean that that that's what they're shooting for. That's what they believe. And uh, and you know Christian nationalism being what it is right now, even yeah. though it it is genuinely a minority viewpoint, yeah. it is currently. The most powerful viewpoint or a very powerful and viewpoint. ascendant. Yeah. And is, still on the rise. Yeah. Literally, I keep seeing things like people talking about, I, you know, there was that one. Oh, I don't remember what this woman's name is. There was that one woman who was a, she was a, a, a Senate candidate in like Delaware and thank God she lost. Hmm. But she, I recently, I, I almost played a clip of it. She came out and said, I hope that Putin comes in and saves us because oh, we need to have a leader who is willing to talk uh, about Christ and will it, we need an actual Christian leader. And I was like, A, there is no more Christian leader in these United States than fucking Joe Biden. No kidding. He is all in on his Catholicism. And it's and it feels one hundred percent sincere. There's nothing Absolute, fake or phony about it. Whereas, no one who knows him, and they were okay with Donald Trump, right? Who right? Who uh, isn't? Who also isn't an evangelical, right? Uh, what he claims to be, if you asked him, uh, what is it like? Presbyterian or something? Pre- well, I think officially he's Presbyterian. Um, but he's just a big old Presbyterian is, I guarantee you, he won't be able to tell you, (laughs) but he's a big old phony. Like he lets them come in and, or would let them come in and do like prey on him and whatnot. And it's like, 
It's just so, it's all such bullshit. Yeah. Holding up his little Bible, you know? Like, it's so performative and fake and obvious, but like, but they're getting what they want, so they're fine with it. That's the... Calculus, but how like to, to wish Putin in? I, I I don't even in into the country to take over. I mean, what what's in her head? I don't fully comprehend. But that's just full on. Like I don't even know where that comes from. It's so it's like well, anti-American, right? Yeah. It's so like really the Russians. That's who you okay? Yeah. The the the. the, the I, I don't well, understand how the conservatives, how the right has gone all the way around. Right. <laughs> and like, I mean, these, these were the, 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 these were the most scared people during the red scare. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I, exactly. I, what the fuck? I can't. Yeah. I, they've I, so now that, now that Russia isn't communist anymore, they've swung around to being pro Putin. Yeah. It, Lauren Witzke. That was the name of the woman that I was talking okay. about. Lauren Witzke. Uh, who has who has floated uh, the possibility of another Senate campaign for herself? Oh, by the geez. way, geez, okay. Um, but yeah, literally, she said uh, she said that our the, her justification for this was that our country is quote just drifting far, farther and farther away from God, and she's thinking of because the the, the extreme right has painted Putin's horror, horrific invasion of Ukraine. Mm. Yeah, as a liberation from oh, just fuck from those you know those evil Western European values. Yeah, it's it's cuckoo bananas. They live in a bizarro world, and the problem is that right now the Supreme Court of the United States is with them. Yeah, so well, they 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 live in a bizarro world, and they are making our world more and more bizarro. Yeah. Like they've figured it out. They're, I mean, they're on, they're on track. Yeah, it's true. So uh, unlike how we used to respond to bills passing, the, <laughs> forcing kids to pledge something or, you know. Right. Which made, was ha-ha. The possibility of, of, of forced prayer in school. Uh, I'm, I'm no longer, I'm no longer joking about that. That's not a joke to me. That is yeah. now, that now feels uh, very, very scary. Yeah. I think somebody needs to tack an amendment on this bill about the pledge, forcing the yeah. pledge on everybody that would revert to the original salute. Yes. You know, because it was the, basically the Nazi salute. The, right. All the kids in the classroom would raise, raise their right arm up a yes. straight arm up toward the flag and say the pledge of allegiance. So it looked a little like, like they were, you know, it, fucking it Nazis. Youth. Yeah, it, it looked a little Hitler youth. Yeah, it was totally that. And so Go people on. were like, mm, "The optics here. Uh, put your hand over your heart." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's do that instead. So let's let's lower those hands right down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, listen. If if you if if you can if there are any rays of hope or sunshine out there in the world that you want to let us know of, that'd be great. Or, or if you want to tell us about more dar- darkness and destruction, you're welcome to do that too. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is where you send the emails. Or call us and tell us about it. We'd love to hear your voice. 
The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so. Go to our website, thinkgodimatheist.com slash members-only. Yeah, uh, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for their use of their beautiful music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.